Hey you guys, what's up? We are the Otaku Couple, and I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the I'd Rather Anime Podcast number 45. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely edition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather animate with us. And at the time of this recording, it is the last day of the decade. Uh, it is what, December, December 31st, 31st 2019. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go over our top 10 anime for the year of 2019. Yeah. We will not. Since it's officially the last day of the year. Yeah. We don't have any more anime that's coming out this year. We will not be going over any anime that didn't start airing in 2019. And we will also not be going over any long-running shonen anime. So anything that has more than 50 episodes or more than two seasons, you already know that stuff is good. So we're not including it in this list. Yeah, so if you're looking for One Piece or My Hero Academia or right. like Shokugeki to be included in this list, it's not. It's not. And obviously we also won't be including anything we didn't watch. Yeah, so it could be awesome, but if we didn't watch it, it's not fair game. So but yeah, so our top 10 lists in order. Um, number 10, Given. Oh, and keep in mind that this list starts at the bottom and works its way up to our favorite anime of the year. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was clear. Well, you just started at number 10 sometimes, no, but just never mind. Okay. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's go ahead with number 10. So number 10 is strictly me adding it to the list because Mr. Otaku hasn't actually watched it. The anime is Given. And Given, if you haven't seen it, it's basically a drama music romance anime and it's about this boy he uh, had a traumatic event in his life and basically he has to come to terms to like deal with his emotions and his feelings and everything that happened or surrounding it and come to terms with it while like moving on with his life it is like a bl anime but honestly it's not like overtly that way i think there's only 11 episodes and only two episodes were just like overtly like boy love if that makes sense the 90 percent of the anime is just about him dealing with his emotions and learning to move on with his life after dealing with everything that's happened so i thought it was really good and if he, it has really good music in it the basically the way he deals with it is through song so he ends up joining a band and that's where he meets his bandmates and they help him work through some of his issues it's subbed. I watched it on Verve. Uh, like I said, it's 11 episodes. It came out in summer 2019. So definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, even if you're not into the boys love thing, uh, you can, like I said, you could definitely watch it and not be overt. Okay. I will consider it. Moving on to <laughs> number nine. Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, it came out in fall 2019, so it just finished airing. There were 14 episodes. We watched it subbed on Verve. It's like a fantasy slice of life isekai. Yeah, and um, I believe if you prefer the English version, they are working on that and it did get approved for a second season. It's not coming out uh, winter 2020, but I think it's coming out spring Yeah, I think it's coming out spring 2020, so we'll look forward to another season of it next year. 
Um, Ascendance of a Bookworm, I didn't see a lot of people talking about it, but it's about this librarian who basically... I don't know if she's a librarian, but she's obsessed with books. She was, she was she was surrounded by books in her previous life. Yeah. But we don't know if she was a librarian. It's just that she was working towards a life with books. That's pretty much all they said. Okay. Well, she died in a library because some books a bookshelf fell on her. And then she woke up in a little girl's body in another world. In this world, um, didn't have any books that she could see. So or she, anything in writing. Or anything in writing. So she was trying to figure out how to make her own books because books were her passion. And it's all about this girl's journey on trying to make books. And it's really interesting, all the stuff she goes through and the friendships that she makes and how she tries to keep the fact that she's not really this little girl whose body she's inhabiting. She's not actually that girl. Yeah, so. so it's it's very interesting and intriguing and we thought it was a great story and we enjoyed it every week yeah the important thing to add here is that in this world there's this they have mana for magical contracts and things like that it's not like people go around casting spells or you can become a mage or anything like that but people can manifest essentially magic inside their bodies but it's really only for the rich and the elite and she's born into a poor family she's reborn into a very poor family so she has mana but because she can't control it or manifest it in any way like the nobles can or get her hands on magic items because they're stupid expensive and like i said she's poor she has what they call the devouring and essentially it's when your mana is so powerful that your body can't control it and it ends up killing you so the whole time she's trying to make these books she's also trying to keep her secret like mr otaku said but she's also trying to you know keep herself alive and make books before she reaches her timeline her in her end line finish line whatever before but she dies the reason this one made it onto our list is because it's an isekai but it's it's a different take on it you're not the main character isn't overpowered and it's more of a slice of life type thing versus it being a like let's go on an adventure and i'm going to be super overpowered and just change the entire system of the world um she is really knowledgeable and she has an understanding of how to make books so even from the most primitive like weaving together leaves and or grass and all that and things like that to actually the process of making paper she knows how to do all of that and she's very crafty so she knows how to like knit and sew and crochet and all these things are not in her world currently so um, she ends up selling these things and making a lot of money so it's also kind of her disrupting the world but in a very small way yeah, with if little that things, makes sense. Like shampoo and stuff like that. Yeah, and so, like I said, it made it onto our list because the characters in the story, it it's not a very fast-paced anime, but it is really interesting and intriguing, and the characters are very well thought out because the only person, there's only one person who really figures out that she's not who she's pretending to be, and the point that they get to and then how they interact after that point is really intriguing so if you haven't seen it it's definitely like i said it's definitely worth a watch especially if you like that slice of life fantasy type of anime or if you like very strong-willed characters yep i would agree and with that i say we should move on to number eight 
Afrueta, which is another isekai anime. It came out summer of 2019. It had 12 episodes and an OVA. We watched it subbed, but there is a dub out now. We watched it on Verb. Yeah, and it's an action, adventure, fantasy, harem, isekai. Yeah. Yeah, pretty typical, but the main character, Hajime, he's real. He's real. So if you listen to the podcast, you know that we've watched Alpharetta and we really enjoyed it. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it because, like I said, you can go back and listen to some of the previous episodes of the podcast. But Hajime is amazing. And, like, that's why this made the list because... Hajime's mate. It's, it's an isekai anime. The thing that I like, it's a harem anime, but it's kind of like SAO in its harem. Like, yeah, there are multiple girls. However, there is only one who he's like, no, this is this is my girlfriend, and nobody comes before her. Like, know your place in this hierarchy. Yeah, and she knows that she's that girl. So, like, she's not threatened by any of the other girls. And the, all the other girls know they don't hold a candle to her. No. They know oh. they can't steal it away. Yeah. And and he also makes it extremely clear to those girls, like, hey, like, you're not her. Yeah. You're not. What was her name? UA? UA. And what yeah. I like about it is that the only reason the other girls are there is because UA is so non-threatened by them that she tells Hajime, like, no, like, just keep them around. They could be useful. And yeah. so he's just like, do we have to? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, we do. So the only reason that they're around is because UA tells him to keep them around. So it's kind of like, you ever cross that line and you really piss her off, like, you're done. Yeah. And she's a fighter in her own right. So it's really good. She's a vampire. She, yeah. She, she's she's talented. And he's talented too, don't get me wrong. He And he came up from nothing in the first episode. And his uh, his emotional uh, turnaround or whatever from after he got separated from his friends, that was... Uh, it's worth watching it's it It's worth that. watching. Just Even if that. you watch like the first like three to four episodes where all of this is happening, it's just like to see him go from point A to point B, it's just like... <laughs> It's yeah. really satisfying because it, it takes on a realistic look of, okay, you can be a really happy and peppy person, but, you know, when life happens, you change and you grow yeah. and he changes and yeah. he's just like, you know what? I can't depend on anyone else but myself, so yeah. I'm going to do what I have to to survive. He changes so much that when his friends see him again, they don't even, at first, they're not even sure that he's the same person yeah, that he was the last him. time. So, I mean, and it's real. I like how it's refreshing how his character actually changes, you know, because in most anime, it's just like characters, typically speaking, what they it? don't change that much, even after something that's supposed to be significant happened to them. Or traumatic. Or traumatic. You know, it, you don't see that affecting them, them and their demeanor for the rest of the show. Yeah, and what I liked about Hajime is just that like you said it's real but also I would have stopped watching it if his personality hadn't changed after everything that he went through because and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens in the first episode he gets his literal arm and leg eaten by a monster like yeah if you were like well the world is still a great place and I can be a hero and if you were still like that I probably wouldn't watch it because it's just like no homie Nah, that's not how this works. <laughs> but um, moving on, Alpharetta. 
um, of everything on the list, Aphoretta is probably the only one where I'm really like, go watch it. If you haven't seen it and you like Isekai, like, go watch it. Just, just go watch it. Yeah. yeah? Okay. All right. Mob Psycho. Next up is number seven, Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. Um, this is the only show I believe that we have on our list that is on a Season 2. We usually don't do second seasons of uh, anime on the, our top ten list. Yeah, because normally for us, I can't speak for everybody in the universe, obviously, but for us, um, me specifically, it's just kind of like when you look at the second season of an anime, you're really taking into account the first season as well so for me to make it to a top 10 list it's just like you kind of if you have to take both seasons together to really consider it then it's like eh, you know you really can't separate the two a prime example of that is like for me like fairy tale the fourth season came out this year the final season the final season came out this year However, it's just one of those things where it's just like you really can't just jump in and watch the last season of Fairy Tale. I mean, you can, but you really when you think about it and how it how it plays out and how good it is next to other anime, you factor in all the other seasons and all the other episodes. So if you can't take it by itself, it didn't make the list. Obviously, Mob Psycho 100, the second season, does not fall into that category because you can take it by itself. And so that's why we are here. I'm going to stop talking now. Continue, Mr. Otaku. Okay. Yeah, Mob Psycho 100, season two. It came out winter 2019, um, 13 episodes, subbed. We watched it on Verve. It's an action comedy, slice of life, supernatural anime. And if you haven't seen Mob Psycho, it's just basically... Um, Mob is a psychic. psychic or whatever. Well, he has psychic powers. He, he, he has psychic powers or whatever. So he can deal with, you know, otherworldly creatures or whatever. Spirits. Spirits and, like and stuff like that. But he's like super duper overpowered. But when his emotions get to 100%, he, he just becomes ridiculously powerful. He becomes not aware of his actions, usually. Usually, yeah. He just kind of blanks out and just, like, goes off the wall. And but I, oh, And I'm just going to throw this in there, and I'm going to let you explain. Also keep in mind that Mob does not abuse his psychic power, so he tries to live his life as a normal person or a normal kid. And the reason why he kind of goes out of control is because he's suppressing his psychic powers almost all the time so that he can live a normal life. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing that I really liked about season two in particular is that it expanded on the whole world of psychics. Like in the first season, it was like mobs of psychic and like two other people were psychics. Mm -hmm. And other than that, that was pretty much it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got had this dude scheming mob the whole season. Yeah. You know, but on Mob Psycho 100 Season 2, it expanded the whole world of psychics and it just like opened your eyes to all this stuff. And there were all these cool fights. And um, Reagan in particular, I felt like he had a very good character arc across this entire season. And I just really enjoyed binging this anime. And it was it was a great watch. And I definitely recommend you go watch it. Yeah. And as as is going to be the case for everything on our top 10 list. Yeah, so just take it for granted that whatever makes this list, we recommend that you watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so because this is basically our top 10 anime of 2019. But like, if you didn't see anything else from 2019, you should watch these 10 shows. Yeah. 
Um, and I will say this about why I wanted to add Mob Psycho to this list is because in the second season, you really see Mob embracing his psychic powers a lot more. And because the first season was mostly about him trying to suppress it and just getting pushed to the point where he loses control and then he just kind of blanks on everybody. But the second season is really about him owning his psychic powers and using them for himself and his family and his friends and for the greater good of humanity, essentially. Yes, because he literally saves like the world yeah. at the end of the season. So, and there is this one moment where Mob is just like, if you watch it, you have to understand that you get numbers so you see what level Mob is functioning at. There's this moment where he goes question mark and you gotta watch it. Yeah, you gotta watch it. It's, so. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So moving on up the list to Fire Force. So Fire Force came out in summer of 2019. It was 24 episodes. We watched it subbed. Um, the dub is also coming out, so it'll be done at some point. We watched it on Verve. It's an action shonen anime. Supernatural. Yeah. And basically Fire Force... It's cool, and one of the things I really like about it is the power set. It's very unique, because when I first heard about it, and every single character that has abilities, they all have fire abilities. So I was just like, how are you really going to diversify this? But they did a really good job diversifying how all of these people use flames in a completely different way. Yeah. You know? And having the different generations that can do different things from the second generation and third generation. It was, it was very intriguing. You can go ahead. Okay. Um, so to explain a little bit well about what it's about, Fire Force is essentially um, you have these, you have, in this world, people are spontaneously combusting. And so you have these people who are just randomly going about their lives on the train, walking to the store, eating dinner, and they just burst into flame, right? And they become what they call an infernal. Yeah, and an inferno is basically a fire demon where you're on fire and you're burning, but you don't have your sense anymore. Yeah, so you lose all sense of self and you're just a mindless fire demon, pretty much. Yeah, and so you have firefighters who come to pit out the firefighters, but you also have the special for the special fire force, which is essentially these people, like Mr. Otaku said, who have these fire abilities, and by having these fire abilities, they become resistant to the flames, so they can control them, manipulate them, create them, etc., from their own bodies. And they fight the Infernals and their ultimate goal at the the Company 8 is yeah. to figure out why are these people spontaneously combusting and how can we stop it? And then you get into this whole thing of uh, your main protagonist, Shinra. He joins Company 8 and then they all work together to figure out what's happening because their true motive is to investigate the other companies to see if they are involved and it, it becomes this very widespread net of who's guilty of causing this. And it's really interesting. Like the deeper that you get into it, you get more and more information about what's really happening, how Company 8 is really functioning with everybody else, the true purpose of all of it. And for me, the reason why Fire Force made our top 10 list is because... 
it what it does really really well is that it lets you know about everyone in the company like Shinra is your main protagonist and he does have anime protagonist powers however he's also just part of a larger company at no point is he just running in there to do everything by himself or he's just you know the really like, like in some anime the protagonist can sometimes just be the, like the shadow leader that's not who shinra is he's literally just a member of this company and he's not yeah. a very high-ranking member either yeah he's he's not a lone wolf or anything like that like fire force company eight the one that shinra's a part of it really feels like a legitimate family and i mean it's nice to have characters that actually have a relationship with their other characters you know yeah. and they actually support hoard him and they don't go around keeping secrets from each other and stuff like that like and you underhanded stuff and sneaky stuff like that like yeah. you don't really have that within company eight and what i really 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 love is that you have female protagonists who are also very strong within the company of their own right and i love how everyone has their own unique relationship with everyone else within the company so it's just it's not like just oh i get along with you and you and you it's like the way they interact with each other is unique is uniquely different yeah and you don't usually get that person. a lot in yeah. anime mm -hmm. you know either they're completely glossed over and you don't see them interact or it's so stock with their interactions that you don't really need to see it you yeah. know yeah. so and uh, add it with the action, add it with, you know, Shinra's unique personality with the uniqueness of the world and the power scaling and yeah, the, the ultimate animation. goal and the animation. It's really a good anime, like, all around. Yeah, yeah. before we move on from Fire Force, I just want to throw out a few little fun facts um, for people who are considering it. Um, one, it's by the same creator as Soul Eater. So, you know, if you... I, there are different types of stories, but... It's just know the same person's behind it. Um, the other thing is, um, I completely blanked on it, <laughs> but it's really good. So it is, it's really good. And honestly, it's a slow start. The first episode is That's not what great. I was say. It is a slow start, the and I'm not just saying that because typical. But the if first you keep episode, watching it, it gets much better. Yeah, the first episode, if you stop, if you stop there, it will give you the wrong impression. Because the first episode is typical anime protagonist. Oh, I'm super strong and people have been telling me that I'm strong and I have my own motivations and I, I want to be a hero, hero and I'm going to run head first into this thing. But then the thing is, the first episode to me reminded me of like the last episode of very other like stock anime where your protagonist freezes up at the last minute and then his company or his friends come in and they give him that pep talk and then he powers through, right? But this was the first episode. And so we were like, wait a second, this 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 connection, I'm not feeling it. I don't even know who these characters are at this point. But aside from that, you see why it's done like that when you watch the second and third episodes and like continue to watch it. But like, just don't stop at the first one. That's not what the anime is about. That's not even the vibe of the rest of the anime. It's just literally a kickoff point. Yeah. All right. And with that, um, I think we should take a short break. And when we come back, we'll do the top five. Okay. So we are back from our little break. And now to get into the fun stuff, our top five anime of 2019. All right, number five, 
Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga. So, I just want to throw this in here while it's on my mind because whenever I think about it, it cracks me up. We watched um, a YouTube video from Getting the Robot about their 2019, their favorite 2019 anime. And um, Crystal was talking about Vinland Saga. She was just like, Vinland Saga, it's about boyhood and manhood and about boys becoming men and men accepting that they are no longer boys and boyhood and manhood and manhood and boyhood. And it's just, the way that she said it was hilarious, but- when But it's so true. It's so accurate. <laughs> like, if someone were to ask me what Vinland Saga was about, it's literally about the journey from boyhood to manhood and- what that looks like and the obstacles that you have to overcome and what drives the change from I'm no longer a boy and now I'm a man. Obviously I'm not because that has nothing to do with me. I'm a woman. So from girlhood to woman is a completely different journey. But Mr. Otaku can maybe relate to. Yeah, it. yeah. It's 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 amazing and it's consistent and it's not just with the main character, but you see that with pretty much all the, the characters. characters they they you see even if you meet them as adults, you figure out you find out how they ended up the way they were from, you know, the point of time when they were a kid, you know, and how that affected them and led them to where they are now. Yeah. You know, and you also get to grow with our main character because you literally meet him as a little boy. He's and like he grows five, up. four or five when we meet him. And yeah. by the end of the anime, he's like 15, 16. Yeah. So you really like you see him grow from a little from a little boy to he's a teenager, but essentially into a man. Yeah. And so it came out summer 2019. It has 24 episodes. Um, we watched it subbed. Not sure if there is a dub out. Um, it's available on Amazon, and it's basically an action-adventure, drama, um, historical-type anime because it is about the Vikings and, how, like, how they did stuff. And one of the important things that you really kind of need to know going into watching this anime is the um, understanding of what Valhalla is. And essentially what the Vikings believed is that the only way to get into heaven was for you to die as a warrior in battle. So like dying peacefully in your sleep was not the goal because that does not get you into Valhalla. You have to die with a sword in your hand, fighting a strong opponent and have essentially a worthy death yep. to, to get there. And so that's the driving force for a lot of these characters in this anime. And, um, Basically, you have this boy. His name is Thorfinn. Um, his father is Thors. He's a great warrior. His son doesn't really know that, but he gets dragged into this war because of his past, and essentially he gets he gets killed. Okay. And so, well, that's what the anime is about. I I know. I just don't know if you wanted to spoil it or not. But I mean, there's no point in pretending like this is a huge. This is important because it becomes a huge driving factor for Thorfinn and everything else that he decides to do. Because the anime is really about Thorfinn and, like I said, his growth from boyhood to manhood. Yeah. And it, it's really intriguing. And what I like about it is one, it, it is a good anime. It's animated very, very well, in my opinion, because. You don't have so many of those fights like um, Black Clover or even in Fire Force or when they or Naruto when they start moving really fast and then you're just like what happened? So you can't you don't have that detail. All the fights are extremely detailed and interesting to watch in my opinion. And 
I just, I loved that I felt so engaged with every single episode. Like I felt like there was so much happening in every episode. I never felt like I was sitting there watching it like, okay, why did I watch this episode? Or I can't wait for the next, or I just need the next episode so I can figure, get into something that's happening. Like every episode was important. Every episode something happened and you could see the ups and the downs and really go on this journey with Thorfinn and everybody else. Yeah, it was a really great journey. And basically, Thor's, Thorfinn, Askeladd, and... The Prince. The Prince. They were all very good characters. And their transitions from how they used to be to how they are now... All of them had like these great growths and all of them were really great characters across the entire anime. Yeah, and then I also personally really liked towards like the middle. Thorkell, that's the other one. Thorkell, yeah, towards the middle, um, Thorfinn and and Prince Canute, they meet and they're about the same age, but they have completely different lives, essentially. And they grow into completely different men. But because they are together in like that critical moment when the fork, when their rows are literally forking, either you're going to go left or go right. You see that what drives them because they go through similar circumstances and then one takes one path and another takes the other. So it's interesting to watch it and, and see them interact together. At least I felt that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of goodness with Vinland Saga, as as it is with all of our top five. They it, it's, it's just it's really really good, and we could probably talk about it for a really long time. But essentially, what it boils down to, in my opinion, is if you like well told stories um, that have the plot is very well thought out, you have very interesting characters and well developed characters who interact with each other in unique but also very relatable ways with good animation that with a very strong story in each episode that links together, but is also can be independent. Then Vinland Saga is going to be your thing. Um, also, you don't have to have a very strong understanding of anime tropes to watch Vinland Saga because there's not a whole lot of it in there. So yeah. you can pause it and be safe. Let me just say that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, if you're if you're not about all the extra fan service and stuff, you don't have to worry about that with Vinland Saga. Vinland Saga is good, and you could watch it with anybody as long as they don't mind Gore. blood and death. Yeah. Now it's very uh, graphic. Yeah. But not in like the stick to your stomach type graphic, but just kind of like the oh snap <laughs> type kind of graphic. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay, that just happened. That just happened. <laughs> But yeah, we can talk about Vinland Saga all day. So let's move on to number four. Uh, fruits baskets. It's, it's, uh, I love fruits baskets. It's great. I saw the original, the 2001 version, and now they're redoing it. Mr. Otaku watched it with me. So the first season of Fruits Basket uh, came out spring 2019. Um, it's 25 episodes. It's available both um, in the subbed and the dubbed version. We waited until the season was over and the dub was complete. Um, and then we went and watched it. And um, we watched it actually on, on Hulu. Was it Hulu or was it Funimation? Uh, it's either Hulu or Funimation. Um, if you don't know, 
uh, obviously Funimation and Hulu have partnered so you can watch the majority of the Funimation library through Hulu now. Um, I don't know which one we watched it through at the time, but that's where you can find it. Um, yep. It's a comedy, a drama, a fantasy, a romance, a slice of life. It is so much goodness. Um, basically what it's about is this girl Toru. She's had a rough life. She loses her mom and she's homeless and she is just trying to make it. But she's extremely, extremely positive. She sees the bright side in life no matter what. Um, Even though she lives in a tent in the woods, basically. Yeah. And so basically the tent, uh, her tent in the woods get hit by a landslide. And so she finds this house that's not too far and the people decide to help her. Fast forward, she finds out that the reason they're out in the middle of the woods is because they are actually members of the Chinese Zodiac. And when they are hugged by someone of the opposite gender, they transform into their Zodiac sign. So... The specific ones that we have to deal with are the rat, the cat, and the dog. They all live together, and those are the ones that Toru meets initially. And then, you know, things progress, and she, as she interacts more with them, um, you can see that there's a larger plot playing into place. But it's also very, just like a very sweet interaction of her learning to get along with these men and... <laughs> moving into their house essentially yeah. and them like caring for her but not like in a creepy way but just like a genuinely like sweet and wholehearted way in her interactions with them as she learns more about them and their family and what's going on and they get involved in her life and they become really great friends and it's great it's just honestly great um for me, because this is a slice of life in a romance and a drama and a comedy, obviously there are ships and you want Toru to end up with one of the Chinese Zodiacs. I will say this, when I watched it the first time, the 2001 version, I really wanted her to end up with the cat Zodiac. But as an adult, like I rewatched it and I really just want her to end up with the rat because i don't know something changed i love both of them equally and it's just like i just want them to be happy you know because they've all got their issues to work through and they work through them and it's so great and it's cute and it's fluffy and it's got magical stuff happening and it's got cute stuff happening and it's got everything and i'm gonna stop talking about it but i really love fruits basket the second season is coming out i'm looking forward to it it is a great watch can't wait yes yes fluff fluff love love continue yes. fruits baskets the best slice of the life of the year and um, for sure with that we're going to move on to, to our top three our top three um these top three if you haven't seen them you need to go see them just stop whatever you're doing right now and you need to go see them after you finish listening to what the top three are and i will say this i can't speak for mr mr otaku but for me these three anime truly define the kind of anime that I like to watch and in a lot of ways kind of like speak a lot about my personality. Our personality because we really we pick even before we even started comparing our list, our top three were exactly the same. Yeah. In the exact <laughs> same order. So and if you listen to the podcast, you probably already know what they are, but alas, we continue on. Number three is Doctor Stone. Um, it's came it came out summer 2019 had 24 episodes it has a sub and a dub we watched it subbed 
Um, we watched it on Verve. It's a shonen sci-fi adventure type of thing. Mr. Todd, you want to tell them what it's about? Yes, Dr. Stone. So Dr. Stone is basically about this kid. His name is Senku. He's super smart. And one day, all of a sudden, this green light flashes over the entire world and every single human being and every bird get turned into stone. And 3,700 years later, Senku wakes up and his stone uh, cracks and he's revived. And everything's went back to the stone age because humans haven't been around for all these years. And basically his goal is to rebuild civilization. And the first thing he does is he finds a way to wake wake up his best friend and they get to, they start working on a cure to revive everybody else and it's this great grand adventure of him trying to revitalize civilization back to what it was and back to how he knew it mm -hmm. and it is amazing and it's just like the inventions he builds every day and how science builds on itself so what he built for it to help with something in one episode also helps him going towards the overall goal and it's just like all these little inventions just keep building upon each other and building and building and it's it's a it's a great watch and it is and even if you're not really into science this is like for me, and I know this might be a strange analogy to make, but for me, it was like when you're in school and, you know, back in the day, I might be dating myself a little bit. Your teacher rolled out the TV with the VCR and then they popped in <laughs> Bill the Nye, the, the science, science guy. guy. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, it's science, but it's interesting. You want to watch it and it makes it really fun. That's how Dr. Stone kind of was with the science stuff. Like, first of all, they tell you at the beginning, like, this, all this stuff is, or they tell you at the end rather, all the stuff, science that they do is real and they tell you, you know, not to do it because it can be illegal <laughs> in some places, especially with some of the materials. And it's dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. So this is for entertainment purpose purposes. Don't go kill yourself. Like, don't try this at home, kids. And, uh, Yeah, it was, but it's, it's really real and, real and it's based on real life and it's very interesting. Which makes it way more interesting because you can relate to the struggle. Like, um, I really liked, uh, what's his name? Gin? Gin, Um, yeah. and basically he's a mentalist. But I, what I really like about him is that he's for himself. And if you know me, you know I like characters who have a little bit of a dark streak. He's not a bad guy. He's just out for himself. And he's torn between should he help the empire that's going to like kill him if he doesn't or should he help out the empire that is science is going to give him what he wants. And so he ends up helping Senku. And the reason why is because Senku gave him a bottle of cola. And the reason this is so important to me is because they are in a stone age and for me it was so grounding to understand what they're going through especially since you know we're watching it on television on our couch with the ac going you know but or the heat or the heat whatever the weather may be but the thing is they're in the stone world they don't have electricity they don't have toilets they don't have like protective shelter they are like really in the midst of the real hard struggle and it's not like you could just go get these things these things do no longer exist so for senku to give him a bottle of soda and it just be like it just hit that spot it's just like you know you can appreciate what they're going through and how that simple gesture could 
completely alter someone's mindset and loyalty and that's what Senku is trying to do with all of his inventions it's just like especially since the people that he's working with have never known what he's showing them so they've never known electricity they've never known cell phones they've never known cotton candy sweets ramen they've never known metal or anything like that because that's not the age that they come from you know yeah so to see it and to see how other people react to it but also the people who know what he's doing it's very fun to watch and that's why i think dr stone is really an all-around just really good anime because and also you don't have a whole lot of fan service in dr stone not saying that that makes an anime bad but it also makes it a lot easier to share with people um and i think dr stone is one of those anime where if, if they're intelligent and have passed like sixth grade science they would really appreciate watching it because it's fun it's interesting but also like you feel like you're kind of learning something and you can appreciate the struggle that they're going through yeah, and I like the fact that something is accomplished in every episode, you know? So it's like watching it week to week wasn't bad at all because you felt like you were getting something every week. Yeah. So it gives you a certain satisfaction as you're going through it and like you feel like you're getting towards the overall goal. And with some shows, that's really not the case. Like you're getting there, but you don't necessarily always feel like you're making significant progress every episode. Yeah, but so with Dr. Like, Stone, you feel like you're making that progress and it's such a satisfying feeling. Yeah, and obviously, you know, they, they're really great developed characters. Like even his 10 best, billion percent. Yeah, even his best friend, who is like really simple, has a lot of depth to his character. He's just, he's not just like your basic idiot. Like, yeah, he's an idiot, but the only, he has to be an idiot compared to Senku because Senku is so brilliant that it's just like trying to put them on the same level would just be a waste of time honestly yeah. but uh we can talk on and on about dr stone so let's move on to number two the rising of the shield hero and again if you listen to previous episode of the podcast you will know very well why i absolutely loved the rising of the shield hero it was it premiered in winter of 2019 it had 25 episodes um we watched it subbed the dub is available now if that's what you're into we watched it on verve and it's an action adventure comedy drama fantasy romance uh isekai yeah and basically what happens is our main protagonist he goes to the, he's an otaku who goes to the library he pulls out a library book but then he gets like there's he gets sucked into the world of the book like it's a, it's a essentially it's like a transport vessel mm-hmm. by reading the book he gets teleported to another world and he gets teleported there as the shield hero there are four heroes you have the bow hero the spear hero the sword, sword hero, hero and, and the, the shield, shield he is the shield the other three already know essentially um about it because there are video games like the world that they're in where they're from and so they figure out that they're all from different versions of japan and that they all have different histories and things like that and that's why the other three already kind of have an understanding of what's happening but um but the shield hero does not he's the only oddball out the clueless uh, one you know because he just likes reading light novels and stuff like that yeah and you know, he uh, didn't really play video games so 
he didn't have a knowledge base that was similar to the way that this world worked. Yeah, because like he was an otaku, but he wasn't a shut-in. So yeah. like he still like went out and interacted with society and stuff. But to the point, the world that they're that he's in, um, they don't like the shield hero. They um only essentially want the first the three the bow the spear and the sword um because they want those three but they have to summon the fourth one the shield they essentially ruin his reputation and put him out so that he is he's just put in a very very difficult situation where he cannot get help nobody wants to work with him trade with him interact with him his reputation is ruined and essentially he's little above a wanted criminal yep i mean he and all this happened just because he was betrayed really yeah straight off the jump like they already had preconceived notions about him before they'd ever met him because they have some type of grudge against the shield from sometime in the past when heroes were summoned i guess yeah previous generations. in a previous generation so they already have a huge prejudice against the shield and they and they set him up and like he started out as like this nice regular guy and he and, wanted to make the best of his situation he was like yeah the shield is the weakest but hey we can team up i can get a party i can get stronger i can make the best of my situation and he's just like every other guy who gets called to the east guy he's like well maybe the girl in my party will be the girl that i'll fall in love with and i'll finally be happy in this world mm-hmm. you know yeah. no that's not what happens to him his name is Lafumi, by the way yes and he is one of the best characters of all of 2019 yes by far and you okay again between the two of us i am a very character driven person when it comes to determining if i like an anime or not and as i said before i love characters with a dark streak in them because that makes to me that makes them more relatable i understand that in shonen anime you really your protagonist is supposed to be bright and pure and light-hearted with a heart of gold but i absolutely adore anime where the main protagonist is like hey i'm a good person but if you, if you put me in a bad situation i am not opposed to making bad people decisions and Nafumi is one of those people he starts out as a really nice guy but after he's betrayed he's just like well forget it I'm gonna do what I have to do to survive and so he becomes he plays the part of the bad guy he's like if you guys want to make me out to be the bad guy I'm going to be the bad guy and I'm going to do what I have to do by any means necessary and And he he does what he has to do and it it turns out so great it does but at the end of the day what I love about Nafumi is that he is not a bad guy. He's a good person who got put in a bad position. Yep, and, and he's so. and he's still a good guy. It's, but to those people who did him wrong, he they can still he's still okay with them seeing him as the way that they portrayed him. You know, he's still fine with that. But to the people who actually treat him well and give him a chance or whatever, he's a good person to them. Yeah. But and not to the other people who are against him pretty much yeah and i really loved that he held no remorse or mercy or a whole lot of forgiveness for the people who did him wrong because that's something else that for me just like personally i'm like you know if you if i get summoned to another world away from my family friends and then you go to make me out to be a bad person and you make my life miserable and hard and then i get a chance to get you back oh i'm not passing up that opportunity you know, and I really liked that Nafumi, when he got the opportunity, 
he didn't, he wasn't just like, oh, well, no, it's behind me. It's in the past. It's whatever. I'm moving forward. Nah, he took his opportunity and I respected the hell out of that, honestly. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it was just awesome, but we can go on and on about it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it because Nafumi is amazing. Yeah. That is why it's number two. The world building and the power scaling and the explanations and everything were great too. The other characters were fantastic. The story and how they interacted and essentially how the story grew from episode one to episode 25 and the little plot twists and things like that. They really keep you engaged in the story and it is an interesting watch that keeps you hooked from episode to episode. So it wasn't just Nafumi, but Nafumi is a definite, definite plus for watching the anime, especially if you like, like I said, those actual storylines that are not just fluff, you know, that you really can't predict the ending and where it's going to be. So... And Nafumi is a great character. So if you like those, yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Two. Number one. Which, if you haven't guessed it by now. Is the best anime of the year. By far. No contest. None. We've seen it at least five times this year alone. Probably in like the last two months. Yes. From beginning to end. And it came out in winter 2019 in the first anime season of the year. And we've watched it over and over again, several times, both in sub and up. We can only be talking about one anime. And it's not Demon Slayer. The Promise Neverland. Whoop whoop. The best anime of 2019. It came out winter 2019. Had 12 fantastic episodes. We watched it on Verve. It was awesome. I think it's available just about everywhere except for Amazon and Netflix. Um, It's a horror, mystery, psychological, sci-fi, shonen, thriller, and it is amazing. It is. So first, I'm going to talk about it because... Before we get deep into it, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you have not seen the first episode of The Promised Neverland, pause it right now, watch the first episode. If you don't care about spoilers or whatever, that's fine, but I'm letting you know right now, it's better to go into that first episode blind, but... Without further ado. I'm not even going to say the first episode. I'm telling you right now. This is your anime spoiler warning. If you have not seen The Promised Neverland, it would be a great time to pause the podcast, go watch it, and then come back because I can tell you right now that I am not going to be able to talk about this without absolutely spoiling it for anyone who has not seen it. So we're going to take a second, let you pause the podcast. One, two, three. That was your warning. If you're still listening and you haven't seen it, then we're going to assume that either you don't care about spoilers or you have already seen The Promised Neverland. You have been warned. Okay. All right. So, so The Promised Neverland, it's about these kids that live in this orphanage and they're dressed in all white and you think everything's all good and fine or whatever but then you notice that they have these numbers on their neck and you're like what's going on with that or whatever and you hear stories about you know when you turn 12 you get adopted or whatever some kids get adopted before then or whatever Mm -hmm. you know but no matter what you you net but the orphanage is like in the middle of this like grassy area but beyond the grassy area in the forest there's a gate and they're never supposed to go near the gate or this little fence that's before you get to the gate you know and they're just like okay that's weird and strange or whatever and then um at this orphanage they also take these tests or whatever and these kids are like 
stupid smart and they have to take like these really hard tests or whatever and they have 10 seconds to answer like they have 10 seconds to answer the all these questions it's like some of these questions i'm like i wouldn't even be able to figure out the question in 10 seconds and they're like answering and they're going through but there are three top students or whatever they get perfect scores pretty every much time. every single time and, and that's emma norman and ray yes i'll let you continue from there Okay, so we have our three protagonists right there. Emma, Norma, and Ray. It's important to note that they are the only 11-year-olds in the entire orphanage. Because as we said, you get adopted either when you're 12, but some kids get adopted earlier than that. So most of the older kids are already gone. The only kids, there are only five kids in the double digits. We have Emma, Norman, and Ray, who are 11. And then we have Don and Gilda, who are 10. That's it. All the rest of the kids are nine and under. And so basically, um, there's this one girl, the first episode, there's this one little girl. Her name is Connie. Today is her adoption day. You know, she's excited. She gets to have whatever she wants. Everybody's playing with her. And then at the end of the day, nighttime falls. It's time to go home. It's time for her to go. So she's all dressed up. She's got her little bag. She's got her little bunny. Little bunny is important because she loves little bunny. And so they leave. And then as the older kids go to clean up after dinner, Emma notices that, hey, little bunny is still on the table. Connie loves little bunny. So Ray comes in and he's like, hey, you know, the light's still on and mom's not back yet. So, you know, Connie is still at the gate. You could give little bunny to her before she leaves. This is all a setup. They get to the gate and not only do they get there and see that, hey, this isn't what we thought it would be. They see the truck, Connie's in the back, she's dead, and then the demons come out and they are talking about eating them. And then they realize that not only are there, not only are they demons, not only do the demons eat humans, the reason why they're dressed in all white and have numbers on their side is because they are on a farm. So just like in our world, humans have pig farms and they brand their pigs to know and their cattle to know that hey this pig belongs to this farm same thing is happening in this world the children are being numbered to keep stock of the product and the produce and to you know be monitored until they're shipped out which is essentially before you become somebody's dinner yep okay you become food for somebody so and through all of this these kids, now they found out the secret. They like, nah, you're not finna eat me, bro. We we escaping. We leaving. Yep. So they have to go through all these things to prepare on how to escape. But Emma doesn't just want to escape with the three smart ones. She wants to escape with everybody. So they and there have to are 37 go- kids. Yep. And most of them are under five years old. Most of them are under five. Because keep in mind that I already told you that only five of them are in double digits. Everyone else is nine or below. And keep in mind that most of the kids aren't even below the age of five. Most of them are below the age of two. They can't even walk yet because once you turn six, that's when you can get adopted. So most of the population of those 37 kids are below the age of six. Yep. So, I mean, but she said inside she wants to take everybody and you go on this whole great grand journey of them trying to escape and preparing for escape and the psychologicalness like it's psychological warfare yeah the tension that they have with the mom 
because the mom, um, she's not just the caretaker of the children. She's a guard. She's she's the guard. She's the one that's raising the cattle to be slaughtered. You she's know? the yeah the guard, the warden, the farmer, the in between. But also keep in mind that she is just product herself because she's human. So she messes up. Yeah, she's still she's still liable to the same uh, punishments, you know. And it's, it's a it's a great story. I mean. The manga is also really great, but the whole, everything about Promise Neverland is ridiculously great. I mean, we've shown it to our parents. We've shown it to so many different people who come over. We haven't met a single person who hasn't liked it. If you are going to recommend an, a starter anime for anybody to get into, it would be the Promise Neverland because it's one that literally anybody could watch and enjoy. And get into because um, what you have to understand about me is that... Um, my mom doesn't really like anime. Mr. Taco's mom, she she kind of likes anime. She watches it with us pretty regularly whenever she comes over to our house. But my mom, she watched it and she got super into it. First of all, you understand that my mother does not even watch TV. She doesn't get into things like that. And she's not a binger at all. And she sat and she watched like seven episodes with us, like back to back. She was just really, really into it. And then um, when we stopped, when she just finally hit her limit, she was like, so what was that? What kind of cartoon was it? She did not realize that it was anime. She was like, oh, that's anime? I didn't realize that there were different genres and that there was more to it. And it was just like really eye-opening for her because... Uh, for a lot of people, when they they hear about anime, I guess they just automatically assume something like Dragon Ball Z or something that's just like fight, fight all the time. Yeah. You know, especially since for a lot of people, they generally get shown a shonen anime. Um, and what's so great about The Promised Neverland is that it is a shonen anime. It still falls into that category because of how Emma is. But what's so great about Emma is that she's a female anime protagonist and it's still a shonen anime. So it's like, that's also a very unique thing. But what I also love is that while they're escaping, they're not doing anything that's so crazy because if you need to escape, the first thing you need to do is, okay, which way are we escaping from? Either we're going out the front or we're going out the back. Okay, when are we escaping? Are we escaping during the daytime? Well, we, everybody's already out. Or are we escaping at night, you know? And then it's just like, okay, what about, what are our obstacles? Okay, there's a wall. How do we get over the wall? Okay, we can get over the wall. Now, what's, what's beyond the wall? What are, what are we going to need to survive after we get out? Yeah, how do um, we prepare for this? How do we find other humans? Are there even other humans, you know? Yeah, and so, so. it's like at the base of it, it, they're not, what they're planning isn't so outside of the mindset of what a normal person would figure out, but the psychological warfare that they have to go through because they're watched at all times because they have tracking devices on their bodies and they don't know where they're at, how they work or what happens. There's this giant wall and that they, they know that there are demons on the other side who want to eat them and they may or may not be tracked down so that the demons can eat them. So how do they overcome this and not only overcome it for themselves, how are they going to overcome it and take everybody else with them? Because the main issue isn't just, okay, we have to take the kids. It's like, how do we get them to participate? Because they're not going to just turn against mom without good reason. So do we tell them or do we trick them? How do we get them out? Because like they can't just follow us because, you know, we're smart. We're older. We know how to get, get away. We know how to use our abilities to the max. We have to teach them how to be better. We have to teach them how to be smarter. We have to teach them how to run faster. 
you know? And so it becomes a very, very intense game of who's going to catch who first. Yes, and it's it's crazy. It's 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 a crazy good story, and it's it's a thriller. It it's, really is. Like the first episode is a little. I'm not gonna say scary, but it is a little harsh. It's, it's but, harsh, and it can be shocking when you're not prepared but, for it. But, but after you get through that first episode, like the rest of the episodes, they aren't as harsh, but the tension is so thick. It's just like, it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. And it becomes a thing of if you're 11 and you know that your mom is about to eat you. Or send you or, off so you can be eaten. Or your mom is going to is going to legitimately kill you when you turn 12 what do you do and then also if you're a mom and you know that hey if i don't ship these kids out they're going to kill me then what do you do to keep your life it's about it's all a game of what would you do to save your own life yeah. you know and it, it, it's it's tense and it's engaging and it's sharp and it also makes you think like could I keep up with these kids like would I be the one who be 11 and still in the orphanage probably not I probably would have got a, got shipped out when I was six you know but... or if you were in their situation like would you figure out the same things that they figured out like did you pick up on the clues that led them to the conclusions that they were led to like because the clues were there but did you get it yeah so you know? for us that's part of the reason why we watched it so many times is because Every time you watch it, you pick up on the subtlety that's there. And that's what's so great about this anime is that it leaves the breadcrumbs for you to follow. But you have to know that you're looking for breadcrumbs in the first place. Yeah. And you, have, you get to see what you pick up on and what you don't pick up on. And I can tell you right now, for all the people we've watched the show with, no one's picked up on everything. No. But yeah. But okay. That is it for our top 10 anime of 2019. We genuinely hope that you enjoyed it and that you either have watched the our top 10 anime or that you are thinking about going to watch it now that you've listened to what our top 10 anime are. We would love to hear from you guys. So if you're interested in telling us what your top 10 are, feel free to tweet at us at I'd Rather Anime. And yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, if you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. And make sure that you follow and tweet at us on Twitter at I'd Rather Anime. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you decided to anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. And Happy New Year. So since we're done, can we go watch some anime now?